hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a brand new episode of Crazy Train Podcast with me. Of course, this week's guest is someone that a lot of people in deathmatch history, um, deathmatch wrestling history, know of because he's been to Japan, he's been all over the USA and other parts of the world, spreading his blood, spreading his madness, and getting scar by scar for it on his forehead. He's a complete legend. Let's welcome to the show Madman Pondo. So I have to say, I don't feel guilty about not showering for two days because whenever I get hot chicks on the on the show, it's like I feel like I got to be all like clean and everything and they like smell me through the computer. But thank God it's a deathmatch wrestler. Uh, and you can probably smell me through the damn computer like blood <laughs> flows. You know, I can't even I can't even scratch my forehead without something leaking from somewhere. So. But that's that's a lot of years of death matches right there when you can do that. Hello, Jasmine St. Clair. I am so Hello. sorry that I am a computer moron and this has taken so long, but now we're here. Thank God uh, my yeah. girlfriend is not a computer moron and sh showed me the way. Yeah, like she, I think she had to be there because if she wasn't, something would have just, you know, gone absolutely wrong. But I I'm just you. glad you made it on today because you've been doing this for how many decades? Uh, wrestling for 34, but death matches probably 20, I think 27, 28, something like that. June 24th, um, 2024 will be year 35 for this dumbass here who can't leave wrestling alone. Yeah, I don't think it leaves you alone because I feel as though you just put your name up there on a post and like you just start getting bookings instantly. Yeah. Why did you choose deathmatch wrestling? Like, was there some kind like what drew you to that? Because that is some brutal shit. So do you remember when WWE had the in your house pay-per-views every Sunday? Yep. Well, um, me and like 11 friends would all conjure up the 50 bucks and we would rent those every Sunday. They were on every Sunday. And I got the noticing that all through the all through the pot, all through the the pay-per-view we weren't really watching it, you know? I mean, it was it was entertaining, it was okay, but you know, there was we always watched the main event. Like the main event was the, the coup de gras of the pay-per-view and all eyes were on the screen for that. But mm. the rest of it, we'd be up eating pizza or, you know, joking around each other. And then um, I was a big tape trader at the time. So I had all types of Japanese, Puerto Rican and, and uh, Mexican deathmatch uh, videotapes. So after the pay-per-views, uh, my friends always said, hey, Pondo, throw in one of them bloody tapes. They didn't even have a death match name yet. They were just bloody tapes. So I would throw one in, and all eyes would be on the screen. I mean, attention, you know, boom, right on the screen. I'm like, shit, I can do this. This is what I can do. And um, 
So the first two who started doing them in America was Ian and Axel Rotten. And mm-hmm. uh, Axel uh, remained at ECW. Uh, Ian, depending on who you talk to, got fired or or um, walked out. If you talk to him, he walked out. If you talk to everybody else in the world, he got fired. So as soon as I found out that he wasn't in ECW anymore, I searched this guy. I looked everywhere for this guy, and I finally found him. And I've been doing death matches ever since. And nobody's more satisfied with their life doing death matches than Madman Pondo. Yeah, I think so. Because I look at your forehead, okay? Not to be rude, but it kind of reminds me almost of a Japanese roadmap. Yeah. Which is an accolade. Because I told New Jack his look like a Chinese roadmap. Japanese is just Mm. upper end. Like, that's more classy, I think. And it's, uh, you know, it goes to show like what you guys put your bodies through. And I don't think people understand that. Then you see assholes doing backyard wrestling that have no clue Mm. what the fuck they're doing. Is there a right way and a wrong way to do these things? So there is. You are 100% correct on that. And, And I've been really trying to push this subject to the new generation of deathmatch workers. If you watch deathmatches today, and I'm not running them down, deathmatches are at an all-time high. You got to agree to that, right? Like, yeah. it was so mm-hmm. hard, so hard for deathmatch workers to, to start out with. But now, fuck, there's GCW, there's ICW, there's Horror Slam, you know. The list goes on and on now. That shit wasn't back then. And... um Death matches today, if you watch them, there's so much swinging light tubes or so much swinging shit. But if you watch a, a good death match, yeah, if you swing a light tube, you get a pop. If you swing two, you get a smaller pop. Three, four, 100, nobody gives a shit anymore. But if you set those up and you do creative moves through those light tubes, the fucking roof comes off the place. So. I I do my best for the new and and trust me I've gotten on to wrestlers even our buddy Akira I had to get on to him he uh hey. they they will take a tube um both hands and they'll break it over their own head or they'll they'll break them over their hand why would I sell that later on if you're going to hit yourself in the head with it and then try and get cheers so yeah there's there's a lot of differences between uh deathmatch now and then a lot of people say and i'm not bragging on myself a lot of people say that madman pondo appreciates the art form of death matches and i do necro does um uh so many so many wrestlers forget that there's an art form and that's why jim Cornette goes so fucking nuts because these guys just swing on each other uh, I'll give you a for instance. So for New Year's two years ago, me and Matt Tremont wrestled each other. And I told him, I said, hey, let's not swing one tube. Let's do moves through them. And Matt's like, okay, why would we do that? And I said, just trust me. So then at the end of me and Matt Tremont's match, people got on the internet talking about how innovative me and Matt Tremont was. We wasn't innovative at all. We was just different. Because we didn't swing the shit out of them, you know, and 
And uh, shout out to Matt Tremont. That was a hell of a match. But I will never let another man throw a cinder block at my head that put me out for about 10, 15 seconds. And then I was good. But never again, never again. But, uh, yeah, that that's the difference. Um, the art form of it is uh, – I, I don't want to say leave because, man, there is some – creative shit going on in uh death matches today but it's the leading up to the creative shit with the swing and swinging or the the toss and tossing and and uh i, I wish i wish wrestlers death match wrestlers would realize they're going to get a lot farther without all that swinging well, it's sort of like what I see in some companies today. It's a bunch of young kids, right, doing big mm-hmm. moves just for yeah. the sake of doing big moves. There's no storytelling. And, yeah, I mean, Necro kind of pushed I'm, – I'm in the whole deathmatch wrestling world now because yeah. now you I are. guess you could say I'm officially a deathmatch wrestling manager. Not all the you girls damn, can handle the glass. Well. You That's can't right. handle the glass in the ring with heels. You can't handle it being – Outside of the ring, when you get cut with it, it happens, guys. And this that's sure. what the it's fun though. Um yeah. but I think, you know, when you see these kids do all these things, and I get concerned for Necro because sometimes some of the shit these people say to him, like what they're gonna do, it's like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Number one, you never so, tell the veteran in the business what they're yeah. gonna do, especially if it's Necro Butcher. And it's the same correlation. Do you see any of this ever changing back into sensible, purposeful? <laughs> like less is more, basically. Well, it's funny you saying that because I get these these wrestlers who's watched me for years, and they're like, "Man, I saw on this on this one match you did, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Guys, that was twenty fucking years ago. I'm fifty four <laughs> now. I I can't I can't be you know jumping off of balconies and shooting my spleen out my asshole or nothing. Like you gotta you gotta move with me if you say." Do I ever think it's going to go back? No, I do not. But I will say this. If you don't evolve with professional wrestling, you might as well get out of professional wrestling because to get along with everybody is is farther in the business. If you just keep fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, uh, you know, after a while, nobody wants to book you anymore. Nobody wants to put up with you anymore. So. I have learned that you need to evolve with professional wrestling, and that means putting up with the guys who don't want to do a job, putting up with the guys who they think because they have that belt around their waist or on their shoulder that they actually won something. Um, I, I will say this. I, I, I'm not a belt mark, but mm-hmm. now, now I have had the JCW heavyweight title twice i've had the jcw tag team titles twice and i've had the big japan uh mm-hmm. deathmatch championship now those are two companies that are relevant to the fucking world you know not just to the small town city of of bumfucked indiana um they are all over the place therefore those belts mean something. But I have went to companies where guys say that I am a 17-time world champion, but if they leave the area where they're at, nobody knows who the fuck they are. So you have to pander to these guys because 
you never know who's gonna, you know. So, um, he's my partner and everything, but Necro likes to show <laughs> the new generation that, hey, this shit's real. But what Necro doesn't realize is the guy that he's kicking the ass out of might be running a company someday. Get along with these guys. And I'm not saying he doesn't get along with these guys. He does. He he gets along great. But he might, and and you're next to the ring, you know, he might put a fist in their eye. He might he might jack their jaw, which I do not do. So but uh he is a firm believer in what he believes. I'm a firm believer in what I believe. And uh I I evolve. I evolve with what's going on. Yeah, and that's another thing with pro wrestling. People mistake the role of a valet and a manager. A manager gets involved in the matches, guys, and usually if you are not selling to my opponent, I will have my opponent throw you to me and whack the shit out of you with a Singapore cane. That's just the way it goes. I'm jealous you work for JCW. I always wanted to do one of those shows. It looks like so much fun. Do they throw Fago soda, like different flavors, and it just it probably sticks to your skin after, right? Um, Well. Not not so much in the match, but um, uh-huh. I have been on stage for Fago Armageddon for so many times that I'm over the shit. Like I I never have to have it happen again. And yes, you're right. Uh, it gets you all sticky. But you have to realize uh, I've been at JCW since day one. I was at Stranglemania Live. I was at Hellfire, and then JCW. And the very beginning of JCW, in front of Insane Clown Posse fans, I'm the one saying, fuck Insane Clown Posse. So (laughs) if you think Fago's the worst thing that they threw at me, hell no, man. Like, uh, keys, change. Um, One time something hit me in the back and it felt really hot. And I asked Necro, I'm like, hey, what did they throw at me? And he looked and he pulled it out and it was a quarter with a razor blade taped to it. <gasps> yeah, like they love, the the Juggalos love Insane Clown Posse. And I get it. But I was the only one brave enough at the time to take these hits. Like when I got in the ring, the ref and the ring announcer knew to get the fuck out. Because when I grabbed that microphone, the shit was coming. But um. Yeah, Fago, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a shower for sure every time you get off stage. I associate Fago with mullets. And mullets, by the way, isn't just a trendy hairstyle assholes. It's actually, it's a lifestyle. You got Fago, Bud Light, PBR. Most mullets hang out listening to heavy metal in a parking lot. And they live in like kind of fancy trailers. Some of them, they're not like bougie and shit like that. So I, I that's why I love Fago. I'm obsessed with mullets, by the way. Um, yeah. The lifestyle. And I've, I've had Fago once and it had me jolting like crazy. But if someone's throwing <laughs> keys at you, dude, you should have just kept it. Maybe you would have had someone's car alarm go off and then you got in the oh, car. So let me tell you this story. So <laughs> um, they're... They're throwing shit at me. They're throwing shit at me hardcore. But there was this one guy who was just throwing a fucking fit, going nuts, right? So I'm giving him heat. He's giving me heat. And I see him reach in his pocket, and he throws a handful of shit at me. And, of course, it hit me everywhere. But then he he gets to thinking, and I see him. I see his wheel turns, and he goes, oh, my God, please, please. And he's holding his hand out, and I look down. 
the dumbass threw his car keys at me. So I picked them up. I showed them to him. I acted like I was going to throw them to him and put them right in my pocket and took them backstage with me. Fuck that guy. And I hope he's watching. That way he knows. Fuck you and your car. I don't know how he got home that night. Yeah, I think of Scared Straight, the TV show. I watched that when I was a kid. And that yeah. reminds me one day when there was like a there was a, a prisoner talking to these kids. He made some guy take his boots off and threw them down. He's like, walk home barefoot, you faggot. It was so excellent. <laughs> I'm like, yes. So this idiot probably walked home like barefooted and covered in piss. Uh, right now, worldwide, aside from Japan, which definitely counts to me and holds a super special place in my heart because that's like, the goal, right? You're, um, you're a fucking star you... there, Jazz. You're a fucking star I love star it. There. Yeah, and I love my shirt from Seozawa. I can't wait to go back. Oh, yeah. I think, like, it's the food, it's the people, it's the culture. And I think a lot of wrestlers, like, really strive for that and hate it on me when I came back, which I love. Um, aside from Japan, where do you think deathmatch wrestling, aside from the States, is really big? Like, where in Europe? UK, Ireland, um, Italy? Well, um, ICW is over there right now, and England. I'm sorry, over in England with uh, Big Joe and uh, Manjera and them guys. Um, uh, Ice, Ice Man, the Ice Man and the Sun. Uh, so England is a good one. I've been to six different countries and did death matches at every one of them. Uh, when I went to Australia, I'm like, ain't none of these people going to know who I am. And then when I got to the ring, it was Pondo, Pondo. I'm like, what the fuck? And then uh, Mexico, um, they might not have known who I was the first time, but they definitely knew who I was the second time because uh, I don't know if you know anything about Mexican crowds, but they are yep. radical. And uh the promoter at the time said, hey, uh, you being American, you might not want to go out there and put down the country. We don't know if we'll, we'll, what kind of protection that we'll be able to give you. And I'm like, okay, no problem. First thing I did, Jazz, was grab that microphone and said, fuck Mexico. And oh my God, this shit just flew everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted them to know, hey, this is why I'm here. I'm here to get heat for your company. So let me do what I do. Um, Let's see, Australia, Mexico, uh, England, um, Germany. I did death matches in Germany. And uh, yep. uh, the, the problem with doing death matches in Germany is here's the ring, here's the, the fans. The fans are right next to the ring watching you do it. Now, number one, it's, it's hard to call that way. Number two, if you swing a tube, who knows what kind of German prison you're going to wind up in for cutting this guy's face with a light tube or whatever. So Germany is a, is a little rough for on, uh, well, not really. I mean, it was back in the day. I, I don't know how it is now. It's been a while since I've been to Germany, but, uh, Canada, Canada has, uh, their little death match click with, uh, uh, a company called death proof with warhead and them guys. So, man, I, it'd be it'd be hard to pinpoint which one uh, has the the best deathmatch uh, presence to it. But uh, I mean, it's got to be Japan. Japan, yeah. you know. I mean, um, 
we got BJW, we got Freedoms. Uh, every once in a while, there's a there's an Onita show at Tiger Pro. You know, I mean, and and as you know now, we are so much more respected over there than we are in any other damn country. Like when we get done, those people are handing necro beers. Uh, they know I like Godzilla. They're handing me Godzilla merchandise. They're they're loving jazz and they're buying all her shit, you know, and Akira's cleaning house, fucking Drake Younger's cleaning house, all these guys. Um, Japan is the most appreciative death match. Actually, the most appreciative wrestling fans we have because when Vince called us out and said that we're sports entertainment, Japan's like, we don't care. We, we, we still believe what we believe. Please do what you do. And I appreciate the whole country of Japan for that. Yeah, Vince making comments. Shouldn't he be getting a dildo up his ass and like having it pulled out and shitting on someone right after or something? But well, anyway, want, what do I, I know? I wonder what wrestler he would name that dildo after. <laughs> I, I think he's the been... Dildo? Uh... Shawn Michaels. Oh, Maybe the Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels one. There you go. I've been going off on the Vince McMahon scandal for like two weeks. I've been having a field day with it and I've tagged him in like every single post because like you don't hear about this type of shit going on overseas guys because people have respect there and secondly you don't have as many girls or any women involved in this as much except the wrestlers but they'll fuck you up i think what would you say aside from respect is the difference between american versus japanese deathmatch wrestling i personally felt that things were like paced out better well i will say this i remember I remember Jasmine St. Clair looking at me and saying, I wish there was another girl over here managing with me. And I looked at you and I said, why? And your wheels turned and you said, you know what, Pondo, you're fucking right. I'm here and they're not. So that that already, you already know that um, women aren't really accepted, not really... Nah, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, they really... Go ahead. No, no, absorbed. Absorbed. Um, They don't really... Like a big Japan, there's barely any women there. (laughs) There has been, but barely any. But Jasmine's there. So if you're looking for the safest and coolest way to bet online and the most variety, of course, of games and like almost anything you could bet on, stop by betonline.ag because I guarantee you there is something for everyone. Like I personally think the matches there, like the way they do death matches in Japan, it's paced out properly. It's not a shit ton of fucking light tubes. It's just this, this, this one up in the ante. What did you? What differences can you say there are between the two? deathmatch wise one thing that i know that is a huge fucking difference you know when they put those wall of light tubes on the ropes um in america that takes god knows how long in japan uh we'll be sitting there and they'll be like all right you're ready and they're like holy shit they got those up there already so they've already got their shit down pat on how they need to set everything up uh clean up in between the matches is very, very fast. They don't mm-hmm. uh, fuck around with like one or two guys. You've seen it. They've got oh, six God. or seven guys. They've got three on the outside, four on the inside of the ring. So that is a big difference right there. Um, 
the only way that I can uh, difference the wrestling of Japan and everywhere else, it's a different reference. So when you go to McDonald's in Japan, the minute you walk mm-hmm. in the door, the minute you walk in the door, they're like, eshe, meshe, which means please let me wait on you. Then when you get to the counter, they're smiling the whole time that they're taking your order. They run to go get it. They run to bring it back. They put it on your tray. You pay for it. When you sit down, you unwrap it. It looks like every picture. It's not the <laughs> cheese is where it's supposed to be. The hand. Now, if you can see the reference of that McDonald's and professional wrestling in Japan, that's exactly the way it is. Yeah, also respect. Like one thing I yeah. noticed whenever you see kids sitting at a table, they're not in fucking pajamas like you see these kids and even grown adults. They are sitting there in actual clothes people. And believe it or not, they put their phones down and they eat. They focus on like what's there in front of them, not doing this crap or this crap. Yeah. Just, I think there's a lot more respect there, even like just in general for whatever it is that we're doing. Um, exactly. You know, it's a great place to be because I'm telling you, like, shit is just so different here. And just all the, like, promotional politics, it's like, I just don't want to get involved. Um, But I will stick up for Necro whenever needed or my friends, you know, hoping those guys paid him in England, by the way. Um, So I know you have a podcast. Is it Mm -hmm. Figure Gore Podcast? The Figure Gore Podcast. It's it's three polite Canadians and one trash mouth me. They get very uncomfortable with some of the shit that I say, but they keep having me on the show, so I guess I'm doing something right. Well, you need that. Yeah. People are too sensitive. We need we need to make the world tough again is what it is, and people's skins right. have to be like stop being so sensitive. I mean, the amount of kickback I got when I had Teddy Hart on, I didn't give a fuck though. Uh, right. So do you have a fascination with blood or something? Because that's gory stuff. There's got to be some correlation. I, I think there is personally. <laughs> Since childhood, I have loved horror movies. Uh, um, the Frankensteins, the Draculas, all the shit that they would play on the on the midnight um, midnight chiller thriller <laughs> chiller thriller theater uh, in my hometown. If you had a note from your mom, you could go to the rated R movies. So every horror movie, after a while, the, the theater owners was just like, oh, he's good. Go go ahead. Go ahead. And then I got caught trying to go to Porky's. That sucked. But other than that, um, yeah, man, I just always been. I'm a bigger horror movie fan than I ever was a wrestling fan. People come to my house and they think that they're going to see all this wrestling mem- memorabilia. And it's all horror movie shit. And everybody's like, where's the wrestling shit? And I'll be like, Oh, you see that little section over there where the LJNs are that that's pretty much it. You know I mean? Uh, yes, I am a pro wrestler, but, uh, horror movies has always been my thing. And then the older I got, the gorier the movies got, uh, I love, I love that shit. And then, um, like I said, I did not get into wrestling thinking that I was going to be one of the uh, PWI top 10 bloody wrestlers of uh, of the United States or of the world, but I am listed as one of the top 10. But uh, I just basically didn't want to be one of these guys 
who walk around the locker room talking about how they're a vet and you should listen to me because I've been doing this for 15 years, but nobody knows who the fuck those people are. I didn't want to be a nobody knows who the fuck I am. So I figured out how to get my name out there and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made, switching over to death matches. And now, now people call me this legend. I'm not a legend. Uh, Terry Funk and Ric Flair are legends. Uh, they call me an icon of death matches. I, I'm not sure about that word either. What I am is I'm a guy who likes to have a good time and a whole bunch of people noticed along the way. And that's my description. Do you have life insurance? I have insurance, but not like, like if if uh, something happened, I don't know if my state insurance would be able to do anything, but uh, uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I don't have any I don't know if you've noticed or not. Last time you saw me, I was 332 pounds. Yeah. I am now 235 pounds. Good for you. Yeah. You go. That's right. That's important. It's got a girlfriend. girlfriend. It took took surgery. It took gastric sleeve, but I got one talked into me, Jazz. I'm like, you know, hey, I I promise you I'm a good guy. And here I am. I'm using her computer right now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure. Like, I, I think people really think that deathmatch wrestlers are these crazy monsters. The worst pickup line I ever gave a guy was I want to cut you and have sex with you in your own blood. And I forgot the guy was like a deathmatch wrestler, but it'll never happen. He's all the way overseas. So I don't have to hold truth to that. Um, Like I really don't. It's like some, it's gotta be some major hotel bills sometimes, right? Cause you're cleaning yourself up me. from all the blood. Not for no? me. I check out, I get in the car and I go the fuck home. <laughs> I have okay. had to pry, I have had to pry the sheet off my back, but it's not my sheet, you know. I mean, you booked me, you put me in this room. I gotta sleep, you know. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's. it's I, I, I do hear promoters now saying, uh, if I have to pay for uh, hotel bills for anything, that's t- coming out of your pay. But I've never really heard it coming out of anybody's pay. They don't really care. I think they've had like worse at some of these hotels. Uh, but what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't wrestling? Man, so all my jobs, every well, my first three jobs that I ever had was video stores, which I love those days, but there's no such thing as a video store anymore. And then every job after that, whether it be delivering pizzas, Uber, DoorDash, uh, and professional wrestling, all is driving your ass off. So um, it would probably, whatever it is, it'd be something driving. I can almost guarantee you. So I've never been one to try energy drinks for too long because they're always really um, sugary. They amp you up. But I decided to try Tiger Life. That's T-I-G-E-R-L-Y-F-E. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with Joe Exotic. TigerLife.com. They have an amazing energy drink. Um, no sugar added. It's completely clean energy. It's made here in America. And they have a couple of really cool flavors. Um, it actually has cane sugar in it, which is pretty good, but zero sodium. So that means you will not get bloated. This definitely amps me up. Sometimes I do it when I um, 
when I'm about to do my live stream or if I just need a boost in the middle of the day. So Tiger Life, have some and make sure to put in the code Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N for free shipping. UPS, something like that. They have good health Maybe. benefits with UPS. Uh, imagine having Pondo as your UPS driver. That would be super cool, I think. Uh, so and I would deliver. Would I would. I would deliver pizzas, and people would open the door, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, are you Madman Pondo?" But I'm delivering pizzas. I don't want them to know it. So I'd be like, "Man, I wish I was. That guy's popular. I must look a lot like him, you know." But I could fool some of them. Some of them I couldn't. Yeah, it's it's tough sometimes, you know. Um, like I was at the gym in London and I knew who the guy was and like he wanted everyone to know who he was because he looked the same way as he did on the TV show with the same type of clothes. And he's like looking around to see people know that's when like you totally have to kayfabe someone. I'm not going to put you yeah. over. You know, you right. want to be recognized. Like seriously, what was the scariest movie you saw? Like to this day, if you had to pick like two of your scariest ones. <laughs> so when I was a child, did you ever see Phantasm? I sure did. <laughs> I have no idea why, but that that was the one. I think the scene, it was even a dream sequence when Michael was laying in the bed and the the tall man's over top of him and all the dead bodies come out of the grave and, and yeah. grab him. Well, that was hard to sleep at night, you know? You're just waiting on all these fuckers to, to grab you over. Um, but to... To beat that fear, I got him uh, tattooed. I got the tall man tattooed on my calf with the autograph. Um, And then the second one that still holds up today has to be The Exorcist, man. Like that was so um, back in the day, they re-released The Exorcist when I was 13 years old. And like I said, as long as you have the note, you can go to those. So uh, I'm in the theater. And all these adults, and I mean, not one set, but a bunch of sets was like, hey, little kid, you, you might want to sit with us. This is this is going to be a very scary movie. Well, I had already read in the magazines everything that was going to happen, but I wanted to see how they made it look. So halfway through the movie, when Linda Blair is, you know, masturbating with that cross, uh, <laughs> you you my family, we didn't make fun of religion and she's saying F God, F God and all this. And as a 13 year old child, I start laughing and all these adults are turning around like, what kind of hell child do we have in this theater right now? You know, but yeah, I would say the exorcist was probably the exorcist was world uh, scary and phantasm was scary to me. Yeah, I met Linda Blair at Chiller one year, and she was hitting on New Jack years ago, obviously. So I think uh, I kind of had a feeling that's who she'd try to end up hitting on, not like Jack Victory. So it's one of those weird moments. And I remember having like the little fashion show that she was modeling on when she was a kid. But that movie was so gross. Like I couldn't sleep after that. Did you ever go to the steps, the um, exorcist? Yes, sure. I went went to um, ICP got listed as a gang and we did a March, uh, you know, in Washington around the Lincoln monument and the, and the Washington Memorial. 
Did I say that right? Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. I'm sorry. Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, whatever the fuck. One of those M words or whatever. <laughs> and um, uh, I got to do a speech where Martin Luther King, where presidents, where celebrities. Uh, I got to do a speech in that fucking area right there in front of the water. And, of course, I talked about Forrest Gump because, you know, he was the he's the main one that I knew that was in that water. And then the next day we went to the wax museum there. I can't remember. It might be a Madame Zuzu's or something. But then mm-hmm. uh, my my buddy Terry was skimming through and he goes, did you know the exorcist steps was here? And we went straight there. Yeah. If you go on my Facebook and look, I, I went to the exorcist steps. Uh, the the problem with it is it's a it's a exercising thing now, like joggers yeah. are are annoyed that we're there. And here I am hanging myself up down, upside down on the steps like I'm Father Karras taking pictures <laughs> and shit. And they're just looking at me like, get this fucking asshole out of here, you know? I think it's great. Fuck Hell them yeah. if they can't take a joke. What's right. the, do you own any model kits? Like any of the Aurora Glow kits, like the Hunchback or the Witch or the Guillotine? I am the fucking worst with patience and trying to put trying to put shit together and stuff like that but i do own uh all types of figures all types not tall not toys not dolls i have action figures of all the horror people um i have leatherface figures signed by gunner hansen who you can't get anymore i have uh robert england's freddy krueger figure which I don't know if you knew I did a movie with him, so I had that sign. Uh, I hadn't met Nick Castle yet, but I have Tony Moran's autograph on my Michael Myers figure. I have, uh, um, uh oh, see, I said uh, Michael Myers. Michael who's the fourth? Who's the fourth one? There's a fourth king. Um, Freddy. Kane Hodder? Je- oh, Jason. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Kane Hodder um, on my Jason figure. Let me tell you this cool Kane Hodder story. So before I had ever met Kane Hodder, uh, I went to a horror convention, and I'm waiting in line to get his uh, autographed picture. And it was a long-ass line. And when I finally got up there, uh, I'm standing at the table, and he kind of looks up at me, and he goes, Hey, did you want a picture? And I said, yeah. And he goes, which one did you want? And I looked and I said, uh, I'll take this one. And he goes, Pondo, right? <laughs> Jazz. It was, it was probably one of the gayest moments I ever had in my life. I was just like, are you, how does this guy know? Who, you know, and then uh, he pulled his sleeves down and he had Hatchet Man uh, armbands on. He's like, man, I've been a juggalo for. Blah 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 years. I know exactly who Madman Pondo was. That that was a good one for me right there. That's incredible. I, I got to yeah. talk to him about that because I've seen him at like every horror convention. Um, yeah, I so I had no clue who John Russo was with films. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. I used to sell vintage toys and collectibles when I was in uh-huh. college. So I did the very first thriller convention, right? And there's this company called Scream Queens Illustrated. And oh, some I people Scream, found I remember it. Scream Queens. Right. I didn't really look the same. But, well, I didn't. I didn't. I just had some work done. Um, 
And people still dig up these photos. They find the old VHS tapes I was in. And this guy that directed this movie that I was in, it was John Russo. I had no fucking clue. And this girl named <laughs> Stacey Warfel was in it. Um, Debbie something or another. And like recently, some more photos resurfaced online. It's like the damnedest thing of how small that world is, you know? Yeah. And that's like my only connection to these uh, to these things and not even known who John Russo was. What did he direct again? Night of the Living uh, Dead? Night of the Living Dead, yeah. Okay, that's my extent with that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. thinks George A. Romero did, but no, John Russo did more of the directing than... George Romero did the direction of what he wanted, but John Russo was more the director of it. Yeah, see, you're like a real horror nerd. I think that... Uh, the, but when are you doing the next podcast? Like, how often do you do them? Uh, 9.30 tonight. It's the next one. That's good. The Figure Gore podcast. But uh, we took a little break because uh, one of the problems with one of the cast members, and we didn't want to do the show without all four of us, but uh, I think we're going to start doing them. And the thing about it is we we don't have set times. We don't, we don't you know, alienate our time. We We just say, okay, none of us are busy. Let's do this. But if you go to the Figure Gore podcast, um, mm-hmm. that's just the way that it's spelled, the Figure Gore uh, podcast, you will always be able to see next time that we're going to do a show. So nowadays it's really questionable about where our meat is coming from with people like Bill Gates and everyone else screwing up our farm produce. So I decided to try my freeze-dried beef because it's the freshest beef ever at freedomfirstbeef.com. If you go to freedomfirstbeef.com, they have freeze-dried 100% organic beef and put in the code JASMINE, J-A-S-M-I-N, for 15% off. Cool. I'm going to check it out because it sounds like a lot of fun. And um, Yeah, I do my you know, best. I hope to see you doing more things like around. Are you going to be at WrestleCon? Uh, I only have one show. I'm doing Slack's Eat the Turnbuckle show. Uh, you're there. You're there too. You Necro's there too. I think I thought you told me you was coming. It's at midnight. Oh yeah, I'm remember? going. But I have a table at WrestleCon, so I was just going to offer. If you're staying overnight, you're more than welcome to set up and sign at the table. Lou Nixon is signing. I'll be signing yeah. there with uh, with Necro. So if you want, I'm just saying. Um, those if I'm are not fun booked, to I, I, I'm I'm probably just going to go do the show that I am. Go to the hotel and fly home. Like I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm a big guy on. Uh, if I'm not booked, I don't show, you know? I get what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like tiring. I don't think people understand. Like it's tiring even doing signings, like especially for girls. Like you get up early, you got to get your hair done. You got to do this, got to do that. And then you got to bathe for these fucking people. You know, just for that, I'm not bathing one day at WrestleCon. That is it. That's I'm why, just going to like, that's, that's it. That's why I'm glad I'm an ugly death match. <laughs> wrestler i don't have to bathe for nobody they expect <laughs> they expect me to be all grimy so i'm good yeah right yeah i'm a deathmatch wrestling manager i don't have to bathe yeah screw you people seriously You're way different than me jazz i expect you to smell good i expect that yeah. <laughs> it's all the perfumes uh, so if people want to find you and, you know, look all your stuff up and see where you're wrestling, of course, where would they find you online? So I don't know that much about 
Twitter and Instagram and all that shit. Like Billy Stark's dad, Robert, made them for me. He made me an Instagram and a Twitter, if that tells you how how connected to this internet I am. But I would try to write people and nobody was writing me back. And I was like, you bunch of fucking assholes. But I didn't know you had to put at in front of their name, you know, just confusing shit like that. So you can find me on Facebook. It's Kevin Kennedy, C-A-N-A-D-Y. I'm on Facebook all the fucking time because it's easy. I know know how to use it. And um, so uh, if you want to know more about me, uh, a guy named John Cosper wrote a book about me. Well, we wrote it together. I told him the stories and he wrote the book. There's pictures. There's all, there's 238 pages of Madman Pondo, serious stories, uh, embarrassing stories. I don't hold back on shit. But if you go to Amazon.com and look up Memoirs of a Madman, you can buy my book. Or if you're uh, wanting an autographed copy, you can go to EatSleepWrestle.com and ask John Cosper about it. And the last one is, if you're looking for a Madman Pondo t-shirt, and I think I just saw Jasmine as part of this too, yes. uh, Corey Higdon has set up a, uh, a website for deathmatch workers, not not luchadors, not comedy wrestlers, not strong style, just for deathmatch workers, and I appreciate him for doing this. Uh, if you're looking for a Madman Pondo t-shirt, if you're looking for a Jasmine St. Clair t-shirt, damn near any deathmatch wrestler that you can think of, if you're looking for their t-shirt, go to deathmatchworldwide.com. Tell Corey Higdon that Pondo and Jasmine sent you. He won't give you anything cheaper, but it'll make us look better, right, Jazz? And, oh, and, 100%. Uh, and it's important to support the deathmatch wrestling scene. We're sort of a subculture in a, in a in and of its own that everything like something means a lot to everyone around it guys because i had veronica kane on she does a lot of the nursing for the uh wrestlers at some of the shows she's now coming out with these little kits for like deathmatch wrestlers to have i mean we like getting all the support in the world because these guys have definitely earned it i mean you see the scars you see the insanity in the ring and just how this works so yeah i'll make sure everyone follows you i'll find your your um your little uh socials and if you yeah if you just go on my twitter you could see i tweeted at vince mcmahon a shit ton of times that's how you write to someone he hasn't replied <laughs> to me yet though so um <laughs> maybe maybe uh your girlfriend could uh, help you out with that because it seems yeah. like everything's on social media these days it's insane i i uh, need the help i need the help i need a lot of emotional health right now but uh so <laughs> um Thank you so much for joining us right now. And I will see you you at WrestleCon. I'll see you back in Japan. I cannot wait because that's like the happiest experience in wrestling to this day. And yeah, guys, pick up Big Japan Wrestling stuff. Like go online, look at the merch. It's really cool and it's different. And they have some of the best matches there in the world and the best wrestlers. It's really different. It's special. (laughs) 